0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Where Liberty Dwells podcast. I'm your host, Vaughn Hilp. Firstly, did you not know about this episode right when it came out? Are you outraged that you didn't? Well, you should be because that's a very sad story. If you want to stay updated on every episode of the podcast, you should follow the show's Instagram at Where Liberty Dwells podcast or follow the show on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Also, I'd like to announce that the Where Liberty Dwells website is now fully functional. The website will also be the home of brand new WLD articles as well. The first published article titled, The Death Penalty Should Not Be Abolished, is up now on the site at www.wherelibertydwells.com. Enjoy the show. right ladies and gentlemen to begin with current events on Christmas morning there was a bombing in Nashville Tennessee there are plenty of rumors going around uh that the suspect Anthony Warner who died in the blast luckily he was the only person who died uh, was to have believed to be a part of a conspiracy that politicians and Hollywood elites are lizard people that are the cause of tragedies and and bad things throughout the world I suppose it's and also he believed that that 5G mobile coverage is used for government surveillance and is harmful to people, and and that's the reason for him setting off the bomb next to an AT&T building. And this is sim- pretty much just is this is stuff that is simply fueled by internet paranoia um, and people's desire to start rumors, and it's pretty pretty idiotic. I'm lucky. I'm I'm feeling lucky that these people were uh, that were injured were were not killed, and that no one other than the bomber was killed uh but it is, it is it is a terrible thing for those people to have on Christmas and now that they're I saw an interview with a, a woman who whose business was damaged by it, and she said she's never gonna look at she's never gonna think of Christmas in the same way and i'm I'm saddened by that because i Christmas is without a doubt my favorite time of the year uh also Republicans are already strategizing for the white House in twenty twenty four Trump Pence and former New Jersey governor Chris Christie are all names that are being thrown out for potential nominees i really don't want trump to run again but given his ego he, he might he might do just that there was a 900 billion dollar stimulus bill bill that was passed uh, however trump he delayed the signing and sent back a redlined version he called for the increased payments to americans and this is where i want to bring up this week's nonsense right away because oh boy is it nonsense because speaking of that Mitch McConnell has formally ended the hope on a boosted stimulus check for Americans for upping the amount from $600 to $2,000 per American. Uh, Mitch is simply wrong here. He called it socialism for the ri- for rich people uh, on the Senate floor on Thursday. And the fact is that the bill was $900 billion. If Americans got $600 each, that's that still leaves hundreds of billion dollars left over that was part of this bill that just doesn't go to the American people. What is it going for? Well, I feel like many of the people that voted on this bill don't even know because the bill was over 5,000 pages long. And that left essentially no time for people voting on this bill to actually give it a, a proper read-through. But now that you can see it and read it, there are things like $25 million that go to Pakistani gender study students. And $500 million that go to the Israeli missile defense. Why is this a part of a COVID relief bill? This is not COVID relief. This is just demonstrating that this is not simply a relief package, and the needs of American people were ignored. Therefore, you, Mitch McConnell, you get nonsense of the week. You're a, this, is, this is a clown move. This is something that the president supports, two thousand dollars, and many of the. I was listening to an interview with uh, Kimberly Clasics. She just got elected to the Congress. Uh, she, from uh, Baltimore. She she also agrees with the president here. This is something that the American people need, and it's just these, these games, these establishment games that the left and the right play that I am no fan of. So this week's nonsense goes to Mitch McConnell for his his simple denial of the American people's needs and putting other things first. But today we're going to talk about and we're going to look at and examine the last four years of the Trump presidency, and we're going to go over the good and the bad because there's plenty of both. Uh, but first, I want to talk about UHD, or Ultimate Human Death Bomb Podcast. UHD is a show that focuses on reviewing unusual or terrible TV shows and movies. I recently began listening to these guys uh, in, their, in their show, and it's just a really good time. If you've just listened to the most recent episode of Where Liberty Dwells, and you're politically exhausted, UHD is the laid-back podcast that you need. Be ready for off-color humor, raunchy jokes, and just know that these guys are not afraid to hold back, um, and it's refreshing. Also, make sure to follow their Instagram at UHD Podcast. Once again, that's at UHD Podcast on Instagram. Now, let's take a look back at the Trump era. Pre election, so we're talking campaign 2015, 2016, and during the election. The positives were his immediate disdain, I thought, for political correctness. He spoke to people in a very matter of fact way and a very frank way, which is which was at first definitely refreshing a refreshing way of communication that's in stark contrast to the typical politician, uh, which I certainly enjoyed. And he he constantly talked about being this person that was going to drain the political swamp. I think that's definitely up to interpretation whether or not he did that I would lean towards no. Uh, but he did some good things towards that. And but I would mention that this, he, he went often too far, which we will get into with this with this disdain for political correctness, which I usually enjoy, but you have to remember you are the president of the United States. But more on that in a moment. Also, he was against illegal immigration right away, a problem that does need serious reform in this country along our southern border, but once again, he there were parts of this that went too far. We'll get into it. For example, time and time again, Trump would be right about a core issue, but then take it to an absolute extreme. Um I believe this is because Donald Trump's number one priority in his, his entire life is attention and his ego. I think it's even reasonable that he might say he will run in 2024, if only to retract his bid for the presidency later on, just because saying that he would run garners him some sort of attention because he loves when people talk about him. It's so obvious. And that's a problem because I believe the a secondary or tertiary priority is for him is the policy and how they, that affects American people. When you're the president of the United States, that has got to be number one. And his ego is simply the most important thing to him. That's never, that's never, it's never going away. And that's always how things have been for him. And that's always what got in his way during his presidency. On top of that, uh, his remarks about immigrant immigrants crossing illegally on the Southern border were extremely overgeneralized uh, he did later walk that statement back referring to the Mexican government rather than America, or Mexican people. And this was during the campaign when he said that the Mexicans are bringing the, not their best. They're bringing crime and drugs and rapists. And he later said he was referring to the Mexican government. I, I honestly don't know. He could have been referring to either one. It was just an incredibly dumb thing to say. But that is not to ignore that there is a problem with crime coming from the southern border. He made it, he referred to the people as that, which is certainly what it sounded like. He says it's the government, but I don't believe it. Um, His remarks, uh, or his, I'm sorry, his suggestion of widespread surveillance on Muslim immigrants and mosques in the U.S. would have been a clear violation of the First Amendment just right off the bat the u.s government had already dealt with the deserving backlash of surveillance programs after 9-11 and he also called for a ban on muslims entering the united states which once again he walked back to being just a ban from seven individual countries in which islamic terrorism was proven to have originated from but even then saudi arabia is not on that list and saudi arabia was where most of the 9-11 terrorists had come from so intentions there are also a bit murky uh, but the fact that he originated this by set, by calling it a ban on, on Muslims specifically instead of states, which even then, legally, I don't think that you can stop someone from coming into the United States simply based on nationality. That sounds like discrimination to me. Just a bad policy suggestion overall. Um, and the, But this was all before election. Uh, now we're going to get into his actual term during his four years. Uh, we'll start with the good stuff, though. And I do think there was a lot. First of all, for this is a rather partisan achievement, but he had excellent uh, justice appointments in the Supreme Court: Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. Obviously, with Brett Kavanaugh, there was tons of backlash during his confirmation hearings, as well as Amy Coney Barrett's. But f- as in terms of being conservative justice so far, I, I mean, as as little time they've had to to demonstrate what they will do, they have been promising towards a, a conservative agenda, as well as filling. Many other federal judgeships in which the Obama administration had just left vacant, uh, that, went, that number went from 103 vacancies when he took office to 49 as of now. Even though it's a partisan achievement, it, it's good for someone who wants to see smaller government and a conservative uh, or libertarian agenda implemented further. In terms of the Middle East, Donald Trump may have been the, the best president on foreign policy in the last 30, 40 years and and to many people listening, this may sound you know crazy that you could that you could call Trump the best at anything in terms of his presidency, but honestly he he has done significant good for the Middle East and foreign policy for the United States in general uh He moved the u s embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, finally coming through on a thirty year old promise to recognize the city as Israel's capital this Dates back to Bill Clinton saying that he would he would acknowledge Jerusalem as the capital, and George W. said it, and Obama said it, and Trump finally did it, which is good. Uh, the, the critics of this said that it was you know clearly taking a side, like Israel's side, in this in this debate. But this is something that has been long overdue because the recognition of Israel as a state is something that that should have been done long ago. Just to simply, just to put it simply uh he also he played an integral part in four nations uh the UAE Bahrain Sudan and Morocco opening diplomatic relations with Israel and this is this is something that 5 years ago people thought was impossible this this ended up over the course of the 4 years that he's been in office the region has calmed down in in a tremendous way uh he was also at the helm of the killing of Iranian general Qasem Soleimani who was responsible for aiding and funding the Syrian government and was a supplier of IEDs to Iraq and Afghanistan during the U.S. conflicts in the region. Basically, this man was the scum of the earth, and the president's actions were entirely justified, and he was at the direct head of this operation. Furthermore, he saw the effective end of the Islamic State. This was a task originally set in motion by the Obama administration, which they they did do a, a good job on. However, you could make the argument that, Obama pulling troops out of Iraq in, in Afghanistan in 2011 led to the rise of, of ISIS. But their 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 fight against it in the latter half of his administration was was a good fight as well. But the Trump administration continued that fight. And that basically ended with uh, a raid against ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Uh, he was killed in a U.S. raid in October 2019. And once again, just another absolute scum of the earth human being. And a good thing that We can say he's no longer here, and that is a result of the Trump presidency. Uh, At home with domestic policy, despite claiming Trump's tax cuts only helped the wealthy and corporations, the fact simply is that the standard tax deduction for taxpayers in low- and middle-income groups effectively doubled. For example, the standard deduction for single people went from $6,350 to $12,400. There was long-standing debate over whether or not this tax cut was actually helping the average American, but now that we can look at the numbers and studies have been done, lower and middle income cl- uh, group Americans are certainly saving money on tax deductions. Furthermore, he reduced mandatory prison sentences for certain drug-related offenses. As a libertarian, I love this. Uh, it's something that I wasn't sure on when Trump came into office about, like what he would do in terms of the, the problem with with prison population. There's, there's about 2.1 million people incarcerated in the United States, and less than 10% of them, I think, are in federal prisons, yet the federal prisons often set a precedent for the rest of the correctional facilities throughout the country, and his actions uh, towards curtailing and reducing sentences for just drug possession and drug-related crimes is a step forward towards getting these people out of jails for harmless marijuana violations that is... Essentially pointless to have these people incarcerated. We the the American taxpayer already pays for way too many people to be in jail and and just have them live because they're not making any money. So I thought that was a, that was a, that was a really good thing he did. Uh, lastly, he for domestic policy he also increased the speed in which generic drugs were approved from the by the FDA. And God, the FDA is just the slowest, most stupid organization there is. I understand there's a need to to check the drugs you're putting into uh, your system, but the fact that the federal government runs it is just such an is such a great example of how bad the government is at doing anything efficiently. However, Trump's administration did try and help speed up this process. The the FDA went from 73 generic drugs approved per year in 2016 to 107 in 2019. In 2020 this did take a dip. However, these numbers are probably uh, due to the, co- the the coronavirus, and is even outshined by the fact that there was a monumental achievement in creating this COVID nineteen vaccine, a process that usually takes ten to fifteen years to create vaccines, and this was done in just nine months. This is perhaps one of the the most the most important medical innovations in history, and maybe besides like the moon landing in in the in the nineteen sixties. When, you know, the United States placing a man on the moon. This is maybe one of the most important innovations in in modern history. The fact that there was a, a global pandemic and this and this vaccine came in less than a year and was largely spearheaded by the Trump administration's uh, Operation Warp Speed, which rightfully so, and, and a good thing that he did. The that Joe Biden he gave due credit to the Trump administration and Operation Warp Speed when he got the vaccine not too long ago, which is good. Now, to the low points, there are still plenty of them. But what I really realized when taking the time to do the research and go through everything that I thought was a poor decision upon the Trump administration or or him himself, I realized that most of the low points of his presidency are his rhetoric. Trump undoubtedly lowered his popularity and more so on his specific language rather than policy ideas over his four years. I've already mentioned the the nasty comments about Mexico bringing their worst over, but comments like that did not stop after he was elected, and it took what was often good policy positions and made them way more unfavorable because of who he is. And he even admitted it. He even admitted to it when asked by a reporter two years ago. He said that people don't like me because of my personality, and it's true. At least he knows it was a, it was an interesting moment of of transparency from Trump, but he. It, he never stopped, though. So he never really fixed the problem that he apparently knew was the the issue. It's that He doesn't have a filter on what he says. He just says whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And especially through Twitter, we knew what he was thinking within seconds. That was n- usually not a good thing because he would say some outlandish things. His disagreements with former Senator John McCain led to him saying that he doesn't like losers and referring to Kane losing his presidential race in 2008. And that he was only a war hero because he was captured. Now, come on, Mr. President, given your position as someone who didn't serve in the U.S. military in an era when there was certainly a conflict, this has been incredibly dumb. And the man, he he just simply could not s- foresee that this is a, a bad political move. And in hindsight, probably lost him the state of Arizona in the, tw- in the, two, the 2020 presidential election. He alienated many voters by 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 dissing a man essentially who survived the the Vietnam War after being tortured relentlessly. And and you know, you can debate about him being a hero because of, you know, being captured. I'm I, I agree that being captured doesn't necessarily make you a war hero. But you can't deny that John McCain was a moral man who wanted the best for the United States of America. And Trump just just ignored that entirely and just went after him as a political enemy, which turned out not to be in his favor. Uh, he also referred to the countries of Haiti and El Salvador as, quote, shithole countries. This was big news a couple years ago. Uh, once again, Mr. President, I get it. El Salvador might be extremely poor and also the murder capital of the world, to which some people might refer in the vernacular as a shithole. However, you are the president of the United States and effectively the most powerful person in the world. And your words are perhaps the most scrutinized of any person. So do you really think that calling this a shithole country was a good idea? Uh, I say no. Now, actual bad policy that he's had, uh, harder to find in my opinion. His handling of immigrants at the border was a total botch in my opinion children being separated from their parents and put into less than satisfying conditions to say the very least is it was complete absurdity let's be clear though i want to be very clear here that the parents of these children they should face the consequences of crossing the united states border illegally but their children are at no fault and they were basically left to fend for themselves in terrible conditions and he even mentioned once that he doesn't think that these children needed like toothpaste or something just absurdity and Finally, also his trade policy certainly left more to be desired. Uh, I understand that the, his goal of reducing the trade deficit was the reasoning behind the tariffs, but I'll always be a supporter of free trade. And there are studies now from rather centrist left well, or rather rather centrist think tanks such as the Brookings Institution, uh, which suggest that the majority of these tariffs costs were borne by U.S. workers rather than foreign trading partners. Which, I mean, so if if that was If that was if your goal is to reduce the deficit, you may have done so, but at the cost of the American worker, which does not sound a very American first or America first to me. So with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that overall, Donald Trump will be remembered as probably a terrible president by many people. But in my book he goes in as a as a pretty average president. He certainly has caused a, a political divide that is unlike anything we've ever seen, but Actual policy was not bad, but it was tarnished by just absolutely garbage rhetoric for four years that he never learned to curtail. We'll see what happens in the future now with I don't think politics will ever be the same again after the Trump era because of the 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 division that was not was not made by him but was kind of the pro I think Trump was more the product of division that had been growing for years rather than the source. But he was certainly uh, the eye opener for many Americans into this political division, which has now been infiltrating into every area of society. Um, it's essentially that you, there used to be a, uh, there used to be things that you could do that that definitely had political opinions. Things like art and movies and music they always had political aspects to them. But there were ways to enjoy them and view them and listen to them without involving politics but trump has essentially made that impossible there was there is no american i i would i would guess there is no american that has no significant opinion on donald trump and that that was not the case with former presidents certainly not uh so he has changed that possibly permanently i think i think it'll it it is it will certainly be a lasting effect with that i will see you next time you've listened to where liberty dwells podcast i'm your host vaughn hilp